This programme is sponsored by the Wolves Disabled Supporters Association. Giant is stirring. The dream is being realised. Welcome to the Wolverhampton Wanderers Audio Matchday programme. And today, Wolves take on Nottingham Forest. We'll hear from Steve Davis and your captain, Ruben Neves. Find out how Ryan A. Nuri spends his spare time and hear a feature interview with Daniel Podense. Welcome to the Matchday programme. It's Wolves versus Forest. First up, a note from interim head coach Steve Davis. As a lifelong Wolves fan, it is a real honour to be managing my team at Molyneux in the Premier League today. Before the Chelsea game last weekend, I said how I could not describe the feeling of being in charge of the club I have loved and supported since I was a young lad. When my dad first took me along the Golden Palaces and lifted me up onto the North Bank terraces, I knew I'd be a Wolves fan forever. Although my career as a footballer and even as a coach meant I was more often than not on the opposing side when I would return to Molyneux, that love I had for Wolves has never wavered, just like all of you who will be supporting us from the stands this afternoon. Wolves have always been in my heart, so today will be a very special day for me and my family, and I hope we'll do everything possible to make it a special day for everyone supporting us as well. Since James and I came in last week, we've been trying to get the team working together better, connecting better and trying to lift their confidence. Straight away we could see how much these players really care about the club, and they've been hurt by the results this season. When things aren't going as well as you might like, the first thing you try as a coach is to do things differently and that's what we've been doing in training this week. I spoke to the leadership group within the squad, and they told me of their desire to train like we play, so that's exactly what we've done. We've upped the intensity in sessions, and we've allowed the players to train with freedom and asked them to express themselves. We all know the talent that our players have, and as coaches we're doing everything we can during the week to lift their spirits, but match days are different. There's a different pressure, a different scenario, and I think every bit of support you can give today will make a difference. Whether that's big or small, it'll make a difference. I've experienced what it's like as a player and as a manager going up against Wolves at Molyneux, so I know just how much your support can influence a game. I've not won very often here as an opponent, but that's because you don't get much here when the crowd are fully behind the players and everything is at full swing. When the Golden Palace is rocking, the noise is deafening, and as a visiting player you always know coming here that you're going to be up against it, but that's only if everyone is firing together. Supporting the team, whatever the situation is, what we do well, wherever we're playing. The support at Chelsea was brilliant. I thought you were fantastic, with the majority of you staying until the very end to applaud the team off. And that was really appreciated by all of our players. But it was also important that we went over to you all and showed our gratitude. As a fan, I know how important it is to be connected to the team and to the players. And this is just one of the ways we can make that connection. As a manager, one of the biggest things I've learnt over the years is how the fans are the most important part of the club. That support will be vital today as we welcome Steve Cooper, his staff, players and the supporters of Nottingham Forest to the Black Country for our latest Premier League fixture. We've all got an important role to play this afternoon, whether that's on the pitch or in the stands, and your amazing support will make Molyneux the fortress we all love. Steve. <laughs> And now a few words from your captain, Ruben Neves. As a collective, we know it's not time to talk about performances, but to get points. This is our first home game since Bruno left the club. He came to say goodbye to us at Compton after the West Ham game, 
and they are always hard times when they happen. But we know this is football, and it's because we weren't doing enough. The current situation is everyone's fault, and now it's up to us to put it right. I think it's small details which have cost us during the first nine games. Everyone was saying we were playing really well and not scoring goals, and we could see that as well, but it's just not an excuse. We need to get results, and for that we need to change what we're doing. We need to give a little bit more, every single one of us. We're at a point where it doesn't matter if we play well or badly. We need results. Football's like that. In the past, we've seen a lot of teams winning titles having not been the best team on the pitch. That's the position we're in at the moment. Of course, we always want to play good football, but now it's about results and minds changing. We know it's a really important game for us today, after a defeat against a big six team and after losing our manager. It's a game for us to turn everything around in front of our fans, and we have to take advantage of it. Since I came to Wolves, we've never spoken about season goals. We've spoken about playing game by game, trying to do the best we can to achieve the best position in the table. And that doesn't change now. We're in a different position to recent seasons. We need to get wins and points, and that's our main goal at the moment. Against Chelsea, it was frustrating not being able to help the team personally. Me and Nathan travelled with the lads but couldn't be involved, which is never nice for a professional footballer, but it's part of the game. All I could do was lead by example with the way I trained in the build-up, giving my best every day so the rest of the lads could watch me train and know I was giving 100% so they could follow me. That's my way to lead. Also, today is our no-room-for-racism fixture at home, which gives us the opportunity to continue the message that there's no space for discrimination in our game. The lads will be taking the knee before kick-off this afternoon to do our bit to promote equality, diversity and inclusion in our game, and I'm sure all inside Molyneux will do their bit to support the campaign. Today, I'm happy we're back at home after two away games. Our fans always have a huge impact here at Molyneux, our home, and we're going to give everything to get back on track today. Enjoy the game. Root. Time to start delivering. Being in a situation that is uncommon to himself and many of those who play in old gold, Daniel Pudense and the Wolves' first-team squad are under no illusions of the task they have ahead of themselves to turn their season around. When results aren't going the way a club would like, the consequence is more often than not a change in manager, and with just a single win from their opening eight matches of this season, that change was made at Molyneux, with chairman Jeff Shee announcing that the club had parted company with head coach Bruno Larger less than 24 hours after the loss away to West Ham. Although it was Larger and his coaching staff who ultimately paid the price for a lack of form and performances, Pudense believes the players need to look at themselves and try everything possible to help a side which hasn't finished lower than 13th since they returned to the top flight in 2018 to get back on track. It's very sad, because it means that us as players didn't do a good enough job, because we haven't been playing in a good way, he said. We're not winning points, we're not winning games, and that's not all about the boss, it's about us as well. But of course, when a boss doesn't get the right results, it's easy to blame him. It makes us feel bad as well, because we are the 20 players going out on the pitch every game, but at the same point, I think we needed something new, or a different way to do things. We have to accept the decision and we have to deal with it, but as players we have to realise that we have to do so much more. We need to demand more from each other and have to take responsibility. If all the players do great work, regardless of the manager, then it's difficult to lose a game. The winger is now in his fourth season at Molyneux and understands how difficult it is to earn results in the Premier League. There are no easy teams in the English top flight, and a slip of concentration can see you concede. 
but there is still plenty of quality and experience, despite the young age of the current first team group, within that playing staff, who can help push Wolves up the league standings. It's been the most difficult time to be in this club, because we're in the kind of situation that we've never been in, Pudense admitted. We're in a difficult situation and we have to deal with that with our quality. With a lot of defeats in recent weeks and in the weeks before, that's in the past now. Of course we have to learn from our mistakes, but we have to show our strength, because we're in a difficult position in the table. We're not scoring goals, we're conceding a lot, so I think we have to show a different character and personality. We need to be more compact and we need to score. We're creating, but we have been in a difficult time with strikers. Now it's up to us to do the rest. We have a lot of young players and in the past we had much more experienced players, so I think that's one of the things we have to give time to be better. When you're so young, you can't take the responsibility because you're not used to it, but that's when the big players show up. That's because they have been in the tough situations before. Now we're in one of them, and I think this will help us as players to grow up and take the step forward to win from now on. Pudense has seen more action than many so far this season, after the Wolves' forward line has suffered plenty of bad luck, with injuries affecting the playing time of Raul Jimenez, Sasa Kalajic, Pedro Neto, Adama Traore and He Chan Huang in the early stages of the campaign, it's the Portuguese who has so often been the one constant. Although he has scored twice out of the three times Wolves have managed to find the back of the net so far this campaign, Pudense has set high targets for the season, especially if he is to achieve his aim of being selected for the 2022 World Cup this winter, but knows the lack of goals throughout the team needs to drastically improve. It's really unbelievable, he says. We are there and we are not delivering. It's difficult, but now we have Diego, so it's time to start believing we'll score, and it will not be like that all season. We have to believe it will change, and the first step is to believe that we will have our goals in the future, and they will come. My aim this season is to achieve 10 assists and 20 goals, so I have a long way to go, but I believe I can do it. The national team, of course, is a dream for me, especially to play a World Cup, so I will fight for it until the end. Scout Report. The Reds. Nottingham Forest went into Monday night's clash with Aston Villa on the back of five straight league defeats, so Steve Cooper shored his tactics up and got a response, as the hosts got a point on the board for the first time since August. Emmanuel Dennis was handed his first Premier League start for the club and opened the scoring before Villa pegged their hosts back through Ashley Young and both sides were forced to settle for a point. Goal Threat a summer signing from Union Berlin, Taiwo Awani is leading the way for goals this season, alongside youngster Brennan Johnson, with two in the Premier League each. The Nigerian lost his place in the side to Emmanuel Dennis on Monday, who went on to score the opening goal. Assist King Former Wolves man Morgan Gibbs-White was the creator for Dennis's goal against Villa, with his free kick being headed home on 15 minutes. 22-year-old's other assist also came from a dead ball, when Sheku Kuyate headed home his corner against AFC Bournemouth. Dead ball specialist. As well as Gibbs-White, Brian Johnson is also capable of delivering a dangerous set-piece. He provided nine assists in last season's promotion-winning campaign, and took Forrest's only corner on Monday evening. He's also taken and scored their only penalty of the season against the Cherries. Midfield enforcer. Forrest's midfield trio, marshalled by vice-captain Ryan Yates, were at the heart of their improved performance against Villa. The academy graduate completed four clearances and made three tackles, as did fellow midfielder Cuyate, while Remo Frula was equally as effective. Providing fresh legs 
former Manchester United man Jesse Lingard has started on the bench in two of Forrest's last three outings and is a likely option should that be the case this afternoon. The midfielder was unused on Monday but came off the bench to try to change the Fulham game recently. The Reds through the ages. A journey ranging 50 years, six of the past meetings between Wolves and Nottingham Forest from across the eras. 20th of December 1969, City Ground. Nottingham Forest's David Hilly took to the air during the Football League Division 1 match against Wolves, which was played on a snow-covered city ground pitch. 15th of March 1980, Wembley Stadium. Wolves striker Andy Gray strode forward to score the winning goal as the old gold overcame Nottingham Forest to win the 1980 League Cup in front of 96,500 supporters. 19th of September 1999, City Ground. Ian Wright, playing for Forest, is tackled by Wolves' Carl Robinson as the two clubs went head-to-head in a nationwide Division One encounter, which ended in a 1-1 draw. The 6th of March 2002, City Ground. Wolves' Nathan Blake attempts an overhead kick during another First Division meeting at the City Ground, as the team shared the spoils following a 2-2 tie. The 4th of April 2017, Molyneux. Nua Dico finds the back of the net with the only goal of the game, as Wolves secured victory over Nottingham Forest at Molyneux back in 2017. The 24th of August 2021. The last time the sides met at the City Ground saw the team from the Black Country head home with the victory, and a place in the third round of last season's Carabao Cup, following a 4-0 win over Forest. First Steps, Jose Sarr. Examining the clubs which handed the current Old Gold Stars their first opportunity in the professional game, and Madeira-based Maritimo, who gave Jose Sarr his senior break, are next up. Professional Debut, Maritimo B. Nil, Oliverense Nil. January 2013. Jose Sarr made his professional debut in January 2013 in a 0-0 home draw against Oliverense in the Liga Portugal 2 for home club Maritimo's B-side, keeping a clean sheet in his first appearance for a club where he would make over 90 appearances, B-team and first-team. Their history. Maritimo were formed in 1910 and are a club with a rich history, being founding members of the Campeonato de Portugal, the first national competition in Portugal, and winning the competition in the 1925-26 season, which earned that team the nickname of the greatest of the islands. Maritimo also had some success in the 1990s and early 2000s, twice finishing runners-up in the Taca de Portugal, Portugal's equivalent of the FA Cup. Maritimo have spent 40 seasons in the Liga Portugal, competing in the UEFA Cup and Europa League nine times. Their stadium, Estadio do Maritimo, known as the Cauldron, has been home to football since 1927, but it has been Maritimo's home since 1957. It has also had three Portuguese national teams, including Euro 1988 and World Cup 2002 qualification games. It is built into a Funchal hillside, and the stands have been described as banana-shaped as they stretch the length of the pitch. Their trophies. Maritimo's biggest achievements have come in regional competitions, winning the AF Madeira Championship 35 times and the AF Madeira Cup 26 times. The club have also finished as runners-up twice in the Taca de Liga, also known as the Allianz Cup, and in the 2014-15 and 15-16 seasons, losing to Benfica on both occasions. 
the club reached the Europa League group stage in 2012-13, where they finished third in their group behind Bordeaux and Newcastle United. Wolves link. The teams have never met in a competitive fixture, but there is one important link between Wolves and Maritimo. This comes in the form of Wolves' record goalscorer in the top flight, John Richards, who went on to play two seasons for Maritimo. Richards played for the Old Gold 385 times and was a pivotal part of the successful Wolves side of the 1970s, which included two League Cups and playing in the first UEFA Cup final in 1972. During his second season at Maritimo, he helped the team win promotion back to the top flight. This programme is brought to you by the Wolves Disabled Supporters Association. For more information, please contact Dennis Green. You can find all the information you need at facebook.com forward slash Wolves DSA. Away from the action, Ryan Ait Nouri. Wolves' French fullback discusses life away from Molyneux and Compton Park, exploring how he keeps relaxed and some of his favourite activities. What do you like to do away from football? I like to play on the PlayStation, says Ryan. I play a lot of FIFA, but I mainly like to relax. I also go out for food, walks, and I enjoy shopping in Birmingham. It's good to go there, as they have lots of different options. Do you watch football outside of Wolves? No, I don't watch a lot of football, says Ryan. I watch Ligue 1 in France, but I don't watch football a lot. I only really watch the big games in the Champions League or the Premier League. Are there any other sports you like to play? Nothing else but football. I don't play golf, I don't like to go running or swimming, just football. Are you quite active during your downtime? I would say I'm quite relaxed when I have a day off, says Ryan. It'll just be playing PlayStation, and I stay at my home to relax so I can be ready for training in the next game. Is there one activity you wish you could try? I like to watch basketball. I watch a lot of basketball, but I'm not good at it. Maybe I need to be a little bit taller. Where do you like to visit during time off? When I have a longer weekend or some time off, I go back to Paris to see my family and my friends. I like to go out to the restaurants in Paris. It's quite close, so it's easy to go back for a few days. How much have you explored Wolverhampton? I've not really explored Wolverhampton a lot, he says. Sometimes I'll go out and have a walk around the park, but not a lot. I like the area, though, and I will try to see more of it. Is there a specific restaurant or cafe that you like to visit? In Birmingham, I like to go to Etsy, says Ryan. It's a Turkish restaurant and it's very good. Do you spend time with your teammates away from Compton? I speak a lot with the younger players, like Yerson and Toti, the young guys stick together. Which teammates would be the best and worst to spend downtime with? I spend a lot of time with Yers and Mosquera. We would sometimes go for food or we'd go shopping. Disability focus. Dyspraxia. Dyspraxia is also known as development coordination disorder. It can affect early development. Milestones of crawling, walking, feeding and dressing and can delay writing and performance in sports. Therapies can help, such as adapting to tasks to make things easier, breaking activities down into smaller parts, and using sensory avoiding equipment. Treatment is tailored to an individual, as everyone experiences it differently. 
With Dyspraxia Awareness Week being highlighted at Wolves, Wolves supporter Caden wanted to talk about his condition. His dyspraxia makes daily activities a little more challenging, especially learning and daily tasks. He does not like loud sounds or crowds, but at Molyneux, Caden feels safe and can relax more. He lives with routines and does not like change. He also has sensory processing struggles with textures and senses of danger. Caden attends with his parents, who help him to become part of the pack. Favourite Wolves player, Ruben Neves. Favourite away ground, Old Trafford. Favourite Wolves moment, the FA Cup semi-final against Watford at Wembley. What Wolves means to me. Wolves means family to me, says Caden. It's a place I go with some of my family where I feel safe and happy to see everyone and watch my team. It brings me so much joy and happiness going to Molyneux. For more information on accessibility at Wolves, please contact fanservices at wolves.co.uk. The Global Stage As the football calendar this season will be transformed for the Winter World Cup, we take a look back at the Wolves' representatives at major international tournaments from yesteryear. In this issue, it is the turn of Spain's Adama Traore. Spain's Euro 2020 campaign Spain nil, Sweden nil, the 14th of June 2021, Seville. Spain won, Poland won, 19th of June 2021, Seville. Slovakia nil, Spain 5, the 23rd of June 2021, Seville. Croatia 3, Spain 5, the 28th of June 2021, Copenhagen. Switzerland won, Spain won, the 2nd of July 2021, St Petersburg. Italy won, Spain won, the 6th of July 2021, London. Adama Traore, Spain. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, Euro 2020 was delayed by 12 months, but there was plenty of interest in the competition from a Wolves perspective, as seven players featured, one of those being Adama Traore. Being staged across Europe in celebration of the 60th anniversary of the European Championship competition, Euro 2020 was a tournament like no other, and Spain were looking to earn their fourth title. However, Traore had to settle for a small role in the side. The flying winger was only present on the bench for his country's first two group stage matches, as Spain earned two points thanks to draws with Sweden and Poland, and was not brought on in either contest. With Spain needing a win against Slovakia to guarantee a place in the knockout stages, Traore was once again left on the bench, but with his side five goals to the good, he eventually made his bow in the competition, coming on for the final 15 minutes, playing at right-back. In their last 16 clash with Croatia awaiting, head coach Luis Enrique left Traore out of his squad entirely as Spain narrowly earned a place in the quarter-finals. Following a penalty shootout over Switzerland, the Wolves man could only watch as his country fell at the semi-final stage to eventual champions Italy. Wolves World Cup 5 aside with the 2022 World Cup taking place during the middle of this season, we're ending the programme by asking those connected with the Old Gold to create their ultimate Wolves five-a-side team, but with an international twist. Each player has to have represented a different country. Next up offering his team is broadcaster and commentator for BBC West Midlands, Steve Herman. Goalkeeper, Wayne Hennessy an imposing goalkeeper from a long line of excellent stoppers produced by the Wolves Academy, says Steve. His six-foot-six-inch frame would be ideal in a smaller five-a-side goal, making it difficult to score past a man who was a great shot-stopper at Molyneux, and his performance for Wales in their World Cup playoff win versus Ukraine earlier this year shows he's still got it. 
Defender, Maximilian Kilman. Did you know Kilman played futsal for England? Seriously, though, Kilman's international experience in the court-based scaled-down version of football, which requires players to be composed on the ball with close control, makes him an ideal defender for any five-a-side team, says Steve. Can he make it to the actual World Cup in Qatar? That remains to be seen. But he's certainly deserving of a place, in my opinion, given his solid performances for Wolves. Midfielder, Ruben Neves. Ruben Neves isn't just about scoring worldies from outside the box and, and pinging long passes anymore, says Steve. He's developed his all-round game in the last year or so by also tracking back and tackling to break up play. The way he played against Newcastle earlier this season was one of the best individual midfield performances I've ever had the privilege of seeing in the flesh. He's also become a real leader, and all those attributes make him perfect for my midfield. Midfielder, Alex Ray. He's got no hair, but we don't care. You need a bit of tenacity in the side, and the fiery Scott fits the bill perfectly, says Steve. Ray wasn't afraid to get stuck in, but he also had the ability to chip in with the odd goal from midfield. Nobody will ever forget his winning effort in the 2003 playoff semi-final second leg at Reading, which got us to the final in Cardiff after a string of semi-final heartaches in previous years. Striker, Robbie Keane. You need a player with a bag of tricks in a five-a-side team, says Steve. Someone who can bamboozle opposition defenders, and there was nobody more capable than the Irishman. Another product of the Wolves Academy who sadly didn't stick around at Molyneux for long. Frankly, he was just too good for our team at the time. He's probably the most skilful teenager I've seen play for Wolves, but he could also find the net and went on to do it at the highest level. The giant is stirring the dream.